Friday with the author Corey Stoltz, who has released a book called The Union of the State. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. We're super excited. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the state, as is Kyle and many people. But tell me, before we get into it, like your relationship with the state and, and what made you do this, this book? Well, it goes back to uh, the state first started right when I was a senior in high school. And it was just, that was like my sketch show. It was like, oh my God, this, these guys are speaking directly to me. And so once I got to college and started working for the college newspaper, by that time, the state was off the air and they were doing now these variety Comedy Central. So I interviewed Tom Lennon and Mike Black and, and Carrie Kenny for a big spread on that. And it's just kind of built from there. I've been, you know, done several interviews with most of the members over the years on different projects. And when they reunited in 2009 at San Francisco Sketchfest. I had just moved to the Bay Area. The show sold out in like a hot second. And so I was standing outside the theater just kind of like trying to finagle my way in, and, which it didn't happen. You know, I was like, but, oh, wow. But on that <laughs> night, I thought, you know what? No one has ever really told these guys full story. and Maybe there should be a book. And so I started just pursuing it with individual members, say, asking if there was interest there. And they'd always talked about it, but it was one of those things, if, if one of the members didn't pick it up and take it, it wasn't going to happen, and it hadn't happened yet. So I just started off doing a couple of sample interviews to see you know, where the story would go, and uh, it, it just kind of took off from there. And it was a four-and-a-half-year process getting this wow. book. Wow. Yeah. And you know what I, I've, is, is amazing, Corey? And, and you can hopefully confirm this for me, because I've, you've obviously spent more time with these people than I have, but I've, I've interviewed a bunch of members of the state over, over the course of my career. And with a group this disparate and with so many different personalities, you would assume one person would be a jerk. But not a single one has ever been a jerk. Like, which is no. so weird and bizarre, like, particularly in the comedy world. Yes. Where, you know, they're, like, they're just jerks out there. I've met some jerks. <laughs> like, I've, yeah. I love writing about comedy. I love comedians. But yeah, I've met a couple of... There's a handful of jerks. Non-fun comedians. The thing that is most remarkable to me, and now this is so the the group gets its start at New York University. Yes. And the thing that I find most incredible is that they get started in a time in New York where there wasn't, because now you you can't swing a microphone without hitting a sketch group or an improv troupe or whatever, but there wasn't that kind of infrastructure for this type of comedy in New York in the early 90s at all. Which really makes their rise kind of incredible. Yes, I mean it was all it was do it yourself. Absolutely, I mean there was there was nothing set up for them, and it was just amazing that not only does do eleven people get together in college and, and form this successful comedy troupe that actually you know started to get a fan base outside of New York University, but then to stay together after graduation and almost immediately get their own TV show on MTV. It was yeah. just like yeah. that happened overnight. It was just. So many things kind of fell into place for these people. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Well, also, I think what was fascinating was just like reading portions of your book already, like that they've been out that's saying that they basically all met on like the first day of school yes. to at NYU, <laughs> which is like, I can't believe it. Like they meet once right. and it was like lifelong friends, <laughs> 11 of them. Yes. There was some kind of magnet that was just pulling these people together. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's weird that all these little things just happen to happen. Like, oh, well, yeah, Ken Marino was right across the hall. He was the first person that I met. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy but there was something that was pulling these people together and it's interesting because they're all so different their senses of humor are so different and just doing the book getting all of them to agree on certain things was a was a challenge because it's 11 big personalities and so i can only imagine what it was like trying to put together a live show within the group and and all the different ideas coming in and the disagreements and stuff so it's 
you know, it's a, with 11 people, it's, it's a miracle that they were able to produce as much as they have. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is that, like, we, it's, that they have been, I mean, essentially kind of the defining comedy group of the past two decades because right. we're still, you know, through in television and movies, I mean, like, we're still, you know, really, like, they're around. They're everywhere. Yes. You know, Keegan-Michael Key, who wrote forward to the book, kind of said it perfectly, but they were kind of, they formed this comedy mafia and they just keep kind of adding <laughs> hitmen and different members to that group because, yeah, I mean, they touch virtually everybody working in comedy today. And it's interesting because they were so insular when they started. And I think it took after the group split up to realize, like, oh, we can actually work with other people and, and, and grow and, and do different things. And that's when Stella started and, and things like that. And I think that's when they started to, you know, really started to impact the comedy world. Oh, I only started watching Reno 911 because I recognize Thomas Lennon, Ben Garen. I was like, oh, they're from the state. I right. have to watch this <laughs> yes. TV show, which is like insane. And that happens over and over and over and over yes. again now. Usually I have to, when I'm ex- explaining to people, you know, like my mom, what I'm writing about, <laughs> <laughs> because she has never heard of the state. But as soon as I say Reno 911, oh, yeah, 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 the short shorts and the mustache. Yes, yeah, yeah, the short knows, shorts and the mustache. Everybody knows Reno, so that's, that seems to be the way it's that I It's a signature look. <laughs> Do you have a favorite sketch from from the state? Oh gosh, it, it, it's so hard to to pick. But I was you might ask. Oh, so one of the ones that I, I really go back to is the Taco Man sketch that Kevin Allison did. And it was one of the weirder sketches, and I, why I like it so much because I, I've heard the backstory is that it was one of these things that they probably wouldn't have gotten all of them to agree on if they were sitting down. And, say, and, and doing it in front of a live studio audience, but it just happened to be a handful of them were off taping something else. They had the video camera. They had this weird idea for a mailman who stops delivering the mail and only starts delivering tacos. I just did it and, you know, didn't get the approval from all 11 members, and they had it in the can, and it was like, okay, this is weird and fun. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. They have great. I loved Doug. Like, oh, yeah. Doug, Doug was great. Like, oh, Doug. <laughs> he was one of my favorites. Oh, and- Going back and looking at these these old episodes, it, it really does have a very kind of handmade quality to it. Like, were they when when MTV decided to put these these guys on television? Did they also basically leave them alone? Like, were they did, were they pretty much have free reign? Pretty much. I mean, they there was like a zero budget show. I mean, the people you could tell, yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think to their benefit, it's so they were they already had that work ethic set up and then the idea that you know they're pulling lamps and, and stuff from mom's house to as props and so they were able to just take a camera and go out and just produce right and you know they'd already done that for the live shows they had done that to a certain degree with their, their short-lived mtv show you wrote it you watch it which was hosted by john stewart but they did basically sketch on that and it just kind of continued that i think yeah mtv at that time they weren't known for comedy they'd had remote control i think at that point the game show but really they hadn't done anything like sketch and so i think they were just like well let's see what these kids can do well is that sort of the story because like how was it that it got even onto mtv's plate was it just via like submitting no it was really just lucky david wayne had a good family friend who was doing rockumentaries at mtv and so he had kind of hung around mtv a little bit it was sort of an intern and knew that they were looking for comedy groups to produce material for this you wrote it you watch it show and finally, what they ended up doing was sneaking into MTV in the middle of the night, making a short movie, <laughs> and that kind of helped get them. Wow. wow. Yes. Yeah. I feel like you can't do that anymore. Yeah, probably, probably not. not. It's such a great, like, you know, like, hard scrabble stealth kind of thing. It's like, we're just going to show up and do it. Yeah. Which is such a great, and, like, and I feel like that's the, 
like it weirdly because like one of the things that really impressed me about all the all the people in this group is that like they all seem to, they all have a great work ethic like right. they all really have worked very hard to you know to get to where they are and that's why their personalities are so well defined and they're you know they're and they're such great writers absolutely yeah and it's, they're, they're all so prolific it's just amazing to watch them put something together i was lucky enough to go to the rehearsals for their last reunion which was in 2014 and they essentially showed up here in la what, a few days before the show didn't really have anything prepared they hadn't all performed together in years and they just kind of you know cobbled together with greatest hits and some new sketches and even during the sound check and the, and the final dress rehearsal, they didn't have all 11 members there. Um, Michael Ian Black's plane was late. So I'm watching this thing, you know, two hours before they're supposed to go on stage. And I'm like, what is this going to be like? I mean, there's going to be thousands of people at this comedy festival. And it's like they haven't been able to do a full run through. And then, I mean, as soon as the music, the theme song started, it was just amazing to watch. I mean, they just, boom, they were into like back together and like they'd all been performing together every day. Now, just in terms of the book, because the, the book is out now is called The Union of the State, which has to have been like 90% transcribed. Yes. Right? I mean, it was probably a lot of interviews, oh, and then you'd yeah. be like, you really have to type all this up. Like, is, was that sort of the worst part of it? It was, you know, that was a big challenge early on. I've got a, a, a wonderful, wonderful assistant named Kate who did a lot of the transcriptions, like the, nice. la- the latter half once we started getting into um, not just talking to all members of the state, but there's like 30 other people in there. And so when we're talking hundreds of hours of, of interviews, bless her, she, she came in and, and did a lot of that for me, which was really helpful because the Yeah, I don't know if people know how, how much of time that takes, but it is It's crazy. No you know, I mean, yeah, as entertainment journalists, I'm sure we all can feel each other's pain. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know that I would take on another project of this scope again with 11 central people because it's just once you've done a couple of interviews with everybody then that prompts 10 more interviews because of the stories they've told oh you should talk to so-and-so what about the costume design what about you know it was just which was great it was a blast but it was you know four and a half years was there anything that everybody recounted differently oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) where you're just like which one do i go with You know, I mentioned that at the beginning of the book, that there are definitely some differences of opinions, but I left them in because, one, I thought it was very funny, and it was just kind of interesting to see how when people are thinking back 20-something years, how their, their memories kind of change. And so I think the biggest one, and that they've all mentioned this, is that when they left MTV to go to CBS, there's some, definitely some fuzzy memories there as to like what they knew and why they left and if they still had a deal at MTV and all that's a little bit fuzzy. I think there was a lot of manager agenting going on at the time mm. does does the group have an alpha and has that person changed throughout history i don't think they do i really don't think i think it's it's an 11 headed beast <laughs> that uh, you know depending on who's got the funniest idea at the time i think that's what they go with that's kind of wild yeah I can imagine trying to move that group around in the course of 11 people like even in college trying to get everybody you know what i mean to no, it's, be on the same page when it came time to making some important decisions for the book, and then all along they kept telling me, hey, this is your book, however you want to do it, but I really wanted it to be them to be okay with every big decision that we made. That was the, the challenging part. It was like these email chains that would all of a sudden go, somebody's talking about somebody had a baby, and somebody's talking about this, I'm like, hey, can we get back to, what photo would you like for the cover? And I mean, getting them all to agree on that, I don't know. 
Glenn Hansen, a, a great uh, artist, did the, a piece for the back cover, which I initially was hoping would be part of the front cover, but that ended up being flip-flopped with the last minute. So it's still in there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, just getting it all together. <laughs> right. Which I guess everyone lives in California now, right? Or is it? Most of them do. Todd, who left the group right after the MTV days, actually lives in Seoul, Korea. He oh, does art installations and teaches there. Uh, Kevin Allison has never left New York City. He's, he's based there. He does um, a podcast and live show called Risk. And then Michael Ian Black um, also lives on the East Coast. But oh, yeah, right. Everybody else. Pretty is. much everyone else made their way out to Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. That's so crazy to think about. So most of them will, yeah, will be around tomorrow night. We're having a, a book release show party at Upright Citizens Brigade on Sunset tomorrow at seven, and they're supposed to all be there. Except for the ones that <laughs> live like in they're Korea. supposed to. It's all, it's yes. always tentative, right? Well, we're still like going back and forth. The last <laughs> when exactly the show is going. Well, I'm just going to ask, like, are they going to do a sketch or is it going to be a Q and A? They are going to do something. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to be emceeing the Q&A portion of it, but all along we've talked about, well, do you want to do a performance? Do you not want to do a performance? And they will be doing something. I don't know exactly what. <laughs> Great, though. I think that's kind of fun. The first Raw two, energy. Yes. The first two roads should wear ponchos, I think, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Now, Corey, do you have a, a favorite sort of post-state project that you, you mentioned the variety before, which I also have a, a great amount of affection for, but is, is, there, is there something that they had done subsequently, uh, subsequent to the MTV show that you feel like is, oh, that's, that's sort of those guys at their peak? You know, I, I love Viva, but I also love Stella. I think that's fantastic. Michael Ian Black, David Wayne, and Michael Showalter, those three guys in suits on a stage, just really doing weird, silly, childish stuff. And Really, it's, it's hard to, to pick a project because those guys, the ones that show up, the character actors in the group, like Tom Lennon, whenever he shows up on a TV show or a movie, he immediately jumps out at me. And I think he just makes it a little bit more special. Same with Joe Latrulio. When he pops up in a, in a small role, it's just like, oh, wow, it's, it's good to see them. And not just because I'm a fan, it's just I think they really bring an added element of, of comedy to whatever they're involved in. Oh, if you had told me last year, it's like, hey, you know, they're remaking The Odd Couple. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. But Tom Lennon is amazing on that. Like, he really makes yes. that show. It's, it's great. He's yeah. so good. He is. He's really great feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. I'm curious, no, just for you as just such like a fan and going through like sort of the history of the state and getting so in-depth. Was there anything that was super surprising to you that you learned about it? There were a couple of stories that I wasn't able to include that surprised oh. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, I was happily, I, I had a feeling that these were genuinely really nice, good people. And as you said earlier, I mean, they really are. So I was, I was happily um, relieved that they, you know, they all, that there wasn't yeah. like a jerk or two. Like, oh, I got to talk to so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. call so-and-so. Yeah, they were, they've been fantastic. Nice. I totally supportive of this. So how long was it, you know, like start date to now that we have the book out? How long have you been working on this? I looked at the, the file I created to start the book the last week and it started on January 22nd, 2012. Okay. And that was really when I started, the first thing I did was I transcribed all the DVD commentaries, just kind of get some backstory. So that took a while. Oh, wow. And then right after SF Sketch Fest 2012 is when I started doing individual interviews with the group. And it started with Kevin Allison and I went to Carrie Kenny and went on and on. And it took through that entire year, it was right before Christmas 2012 that I finally did my first interview with Ken Marino. And then all of a sudden, I, I got the vibe from them that it was starting to become real. 
And so we kind of had a powwow and I said, here's my you know, proposal and my presentation of what I'd like to do. That was the beginning of 2013. And then from there, it just it was interview after interview after interview. Just ramped up. Yes. And so I, you know, as, as I would get things transcribed, I started putting things into like time periods and chunks, like, okay, the post FTV years kept growing. It wasn't super long. We're done. I realized wow, the state Bible. You really, really kind of really kind of snuck up on you there. Yeah, <laughs> it needed to be done though. It did, yeah. It's so it's that was interesting when it came to because we we self published, so it's like a, okay, well, it's a little bit more expensive to print a six hundred page. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh man, it's fantastic. But I don't know what I would take out. Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, no, yeah, how can you go back and take it? I'm so excited to read this cover to cover. I mean, I, I met David Wayne at Comic-Con. He was there for, I think, Children's Hospital. And I told him how my sister and I were obsessed with the state. It was right after my parents had blocked it. And we used to, because you know, like when it used to be blocked, it would flash for like three seconds. Yes. And during the state, we would like watch it for three seconds and change the channel and then go back to it. <laughs> Just, like, kind of see what was happening with characters and things. He has the weirdest childhood. I know. I know. He always, like, left this, but my parents blocked it. And so, and, like, before they blocked me, it's, like, VHS tape MTV. They, they, they were so dumb in the sense they were, like, next Friday is your last day with MTV. We're, like, no. We're, like, VHS taping MTV until they blocked it. So, like, I have such fond memories of, like, growing up watching the state and loving it so such much. Such a rebel. At least three seconds yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, I watched <laughs> most of it. But, yeah. And then, like, just, like. That was like my first anything I saw of sketch comedy, which I'm probably was for many people. Yeah, it's yeah. Very, very, I mean, very, very formative for me too. I mean, yeah. Corey, do you, you, you've written a lot about about comedy over the course of your was was there a was there a moment from your youth where you were just like, oh, like I I really just want to have conversations with comedians. You know, I think my dad introduced me to a lot of comedy when I was really young that I probably shouldn't have seen. You know, like <laughs> five years old watching. Monty Python on the Holy Grail maybe isn't the best thing, or Blazing Saddles, or you know, Ackroyd Belushi, Saturday Night Live years. But I think just really starting to watch Saturday Night Live at like five or six years old, I was like, wow, this is amazing, and I, I love what these people do and what they're able to create. You know, every week, and wouldn't it be interesting to talk to these people. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming through, and. Everyone should go pick up this book. It's called The Union of the State by Corey Stoltz, who has joined us for Flashback Friday. And uh, what, oh, now you're touring it around. You're going multiple Q&As. There's one happening this weekend in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's, I'm calling it the Coast to Coast Tour because we're doing one in New York in two weeks. But that's Great. essentially it for right now. And then, and then you're going to... He's exhausting, you guys. He just wrote a 600 page book. <laughs> we are, I'm, I'm uh, from St. Louis, so we're going to do a St. Louis show on, on June 25th. But that's uh, so it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone go pick up the book. Corey, come back and visit us at some point. We'll, Absolutely. we'll do Thank an update. Because so there's things always happening. As you mentioned, we already know that Wet Hot American Summer will continue on. So. Exactly. I'm going to have to add to this yeah. book. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting so. longer. How exciting. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We come. We're going to take a break. We come. We're going to take a break.